Welcome to Books and Sound. I'm your host, Don Beavers, and this episode contains a digitally remastered theatrical presentation of one of the great works of literature. Please remember to subscribe so that you can enjoy new episodes as they are released. This podcast is provided free and offered without commercial interruption. If you enjoy the episode, please leave us a positive review so that we can grow the podcast. Enjoy. True Theater. Tom Bosley. Welcome to the magic world of radio, where your imagination can steer you through the high seas of thrilling adventure. Now notice I said steer and high seas. That's because today's tale is derived from one of the great sea stories of all time. It's called Youth, and it's by that master storyteller, Joseph Conrad. Conrad was born in Poland, lived in Russia, and at 17 went to sea, voyaging from the Mediterranean to the Far East to the Congo. The story is his own story of his own youth. Our tale of adventure, Youth, was written by Joseph Conrad and adapted especially for the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater by James Agate, Jr. I'll be back shortly with Act One. To be able to write so expertly in a language that is not your own is one of the great exploits of literature. And yet that's exactly what Joseph Conrad did. Remember, Polish was his first language, French his second, and yet he wrote in English. There's a brilliance in his turn of phrase and his ability to make you experience today what he felt over 75 years ago. This adventure happened to a young man just 20 years old called Marlowe. And here is how he tells it. I guess you could call this a chronicle of a voyage. My first to the east, the mysterious east. My first voyage as second mate. It was also my skipper's first command, and he was 60. (laughs) I hoped I wouldn't have to wait that long before I was a captain. He was a little man with bowed shoulders and a nutcracker face, iron gray hair, and the blue eyes of a boy. He interviewed me for the job. You uh, say you were third officer on the Sydney, eh? Uh, Yes, sir. Uh, She's a crack Australian clipper. I don't know whether that's a good reference or not. Sir? Oh, these clippers are pretty darn high-toned and aristocratic. Have you seen our ship, the Judea? Well, as a matter of fact, sir, I haven't. Captain? Oh, uh, come on in, man. Man, this is Marlowe. He's applying for second mate. Ah, how do you do? This is Mayan, our first mate. If you do come with us, you two will be plenty busy. Well, I'll stop in later, Captain. Hope you join us, Marlowe. Don't let his white hair deceive you. He's half my age, about 30. Turned white overnight, they tell me, in a tornado. You know, Marlowe, in this ship, you'll have to work. Oh, I've had to work in every ship I've ever been on. Yeah, but this is different. And you gentlemen out of them big ships, uh, but there, I I dare say you'll do. Join up tomorrow, hmm? 
Yes, sir. Oh, uh, by the way, it might be of interest to you to know that we'll be carrying a cargo of coal to Bangkok. Bangkok. I was thrilled. I'd seen six years at sea and had only seen Melbourne and Sydney. Bangkok, the mysterious east. Our ship, the Judea, was all rust, dust, grime, and soot. To me, after life on a clipper, it was like coming out of a palace into a ruined cottage. All wood, not a bit of brass about her, and a big square stern. Under her name, Judea, was painted the motto, Do or Die. That motto made me love the old thing. It was something that appealed to my youth. Captain! How close are we to Yarmouth Roads? Bad luck hitting this hill, Marlow. Wouldn't you be all right if the cargo doesn't shift? Is, uh, Sam Ballas shift, Captain? It does. And it has. Sounds like the lee bow. Oh, she's healing over. Better get below with some shovels and fly to rider. We had left London carrying sand ballast to load coal at Tymouth and then head for Bangkok. And here we were, the ship on its side somewhere on the Dogger Bank, trying to toss shovelfuls of wet sand up to windward. Now I knew what the captain meant when he said on this ship, you'll work. Finally, the gale died out, and we arrived at the time. Sixteen days to navigate 200 miles. We loaded coal, and on a sunny January day, set sail for Bangkok. Don't stand out there with your face in my porthole. You'll get blown away. Come into the cabin. I have been trying to get sleep. (laughs) It's hopeless. My boy, when you've been on this leaky tub for as many voyages as I have, you won't even try. A man I worked for in Australia, he had a horse and sheep ranch. His worst-tempered mare didn't buck like this. You got the sounding rod here? I can't get the pumps to suck. Uh, yes, it's here somewhere. Is she leaking a lot? Of course she's leaking. The gale is pulling her apart. The sea never stopped pounding us. It was white with foam like a cauldron of boiling milk. The Judea leaked badly. Oh, not enough to drown us, but enough to kill us with work at the pump. Down in the hold, the first mate enlisted every available man, even the cook, Abraham. Man, uh, how goes it? I'm coming to relieve you. Ah, holding her own, I hope. How is it on deck? Oh, she's been torn up piecemeal. Her stanchion's gone, ventilator's smashed, not a dry spot on her. Now, what do you take over here? This hold is an ice-cold hell. The men are pumping like zombies. Is it time for my watch? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, well, Abraham, uh, you were uh, bearing up? I don't know, sir. Down here like this, I'm not feeling very well. <coughs> what day is it? Abraham, <laughs> I don't even know what month it is. Oh, I can't even remember when I was last ashore. Coming down the hatch, too. Oh, sir, if you don't mind, I, I don't want to get smashed up down here. If I... Oh, stop it! Stop! I must get up. 
Move over, Abraham. Here, let, let me have that pump handle. I don't belong down here, you understand? Now, I'll I don't, take I don't over. It's all right. Abraham, you just get a hold of yourself. That water is cold when she comes down here like that. Uh, May, when you go on deck, would you make a round turn with a rope about the man and the main man? Would it be all right, sir, if I went up with Mr. Mayen? I'm just, I'm just not myself down here. here. Well, uh, how about boiling us up some tea? Oh, I'll do that, sir, I'll do that. That's what I signed up for, ship's cook, you know. Uh, Mayen, I... Watch him, I'm afraid Abraham is feeling the strain. I can manage keeping this old pump going. Uh, go ahead. I stood there, pumping as I'd done day after day, night after night, first in the hold and then on deck, thinking that this is something you read about. My first voyage as second mate, and I'm only 20. And here I am, lasting it out as well as any of these old men, and keeping those under me up to the mark. I wouldn't have given up this experience for worlds. Old Judea, out of London. Oh, she's a defiant one. Do or die. Marlowe! Are you on deck? Marlowe! Oh, Captain wants you. I hope he's got good news like he's seen a lighthouse. How is the old man? He's sticking to the helm. Won't let anybody else touch it. Well, I'm lashed to the mast here, man, until this watch is over. Uh, keep up the pumping on the deck, man. Aye, aye, sir. You're doing better up here than we are below. Our pump is wearing out. Yeah, but... look, look out! What's that by your feet? Can you see that black thing? Ah, I can't see my hand in front of my face. It's that dark. Good. Heavens, look, look at this man. It, it's a saucepan. Men, uh, the house on deck may be gone. Leave the deck pumping and let's look for the cook. Uh, Mayen, would you tell the skipper I think Abraham's gone overboard with that last wave? The captain can wait. I'm coming with you. Hold on to your lashings, men. Pull yourselves along the deck rope behind me. Sir, do these lashings ever come loose? I've never known anybody who lived to tell me about it. At my age, I can't afford to die. Can you see the deck house yet? I can't, no. Uh, shouldn't it be about there? I don't see a thing. There's nothing. Look. That's what's left of it. What in heaven? Is that the cook? Come on, let's get closer. Abraham. Abraham. I shall know as a ship cook. Ship cook. They shouldn't make me do this. They shouldn't. Can't keep the fire going in the stove. I, I have to have to make tea. No, no, no. It's all right, Abraham, old fella. I, I can't find the tea, teapot. Who, who are you? Marlo. Marlo, the second mate. Come on with us now. He's out of his mind. The captain won't like it if, if I don't bring him tea. I've got to get the tea. Grab a hold of him before the next wave hits. And so Mayen and I, all we could do was lug Abraham aft and pitch him head first down the cabin companion, sir. You understand, Captain, there was no time to carry him down. Well, I expect those below picked him up at the bottom of the stairs, all right. There's nothing left of the deck house. Most of it had gone overboard. 
Stove, men's quarters, everything. Bought by some miracle. And that's all it could have been, a miracle. The two posts which held the bulkhead to which Abraham's bunk was attached, they were still standing. And that's where we found the poor man out of his head, sitting on his bunk, no less, talking to himself. I'm not surprised. We've all endured pretty much the limit on this voyage. Men, I called you up on the bridge to look ahead out there. You see where the clouds are giving way, that bit of moonlight? I'd say it looks as if the weather was easing down. I never thought I'd live to see this night. I'd say if it clears by morning and we get an east wind, and if you two can keep her afloat... (laughs) We'll pump two hours in every four if we have to. And then I think we've got a good chance of making it back to Falmouth. Six months we were in Falmouth. We became a joke, a a fixture. People would point us out to visitors and say, that boat's going to Bangkok someday. It's been in and out of here three times. Finally, with a recalking, recoppering, and a new Liverpool crew, we were ready. The night before we sailed, I stood on deck with Mayen, the first mate. Hi. Will you look at that? There they go. The rats are leaving the Judea. I've never seen anything like it. Leaving the ship. Oh, good evening, Captain. I wonder how many of them there are. They're not supposed to leave a seaworthy ship. It's all nonsense, of course, about rats only leaving a sinking ship. The owners have made a seaworthy and still they're jumping off. They ought to have left before the little fools... When we had a narrow squeak from foundering. My opinion, if these rats don't think we'll make Bangkok, they're mad. Good night, gentlemen. Oh, uh, is the fresh crew all aboard? Yes, sir. Good. We sail with the tide. Good night. Man. Yes? It is old-fashioned superstition, isn't it? What? Rats leaving a ship that's going to go down? I wouldn't worry about it. If a rat could row, maybe he wouldn't jump. Those words troubled Marlowe. After all, he'd only been at sea since he was 14, some six years. Did the first mate really mean the Judea could sink? It would be a long road to Bangkok... How much of all this was just plain superstition? We shall see when I return in a few minutes with Act Two. The General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. Monkey out of me. Remember what was written on the stern of Marlowe's boat, the Judea? Do or die. The 20-year-old second mate couldn't get those words out of his head. That motto said to him, Marlowe, you ought to be a man? Then fight with me. Keep me afloat. Steer me by the stars. And when you arrive at your destination, whatever your cargo, you will have become a man on the way. 35 days of sailing weather, Mayan. 
<laughs> Who could ask for more? <laughs> Looks like most of our troubles are behind us, eh? Mm. As you can never be sure. It'll be like this for another three weeks or so, but then... Man, is the Indian Ocean always as smooth as this? I was going to say next month. Hurricane weather. Oh, but hopefully we'll have docked in Bangkok by then. What, at three knots an hour? I'm not so sure. I expect they've already posted us as overdue. I don't know. I have great faith in the old do-or-die. Marlowe, I've made this voyage I don't know how many times... But to expect fair breezes right into the tropics, believe me, that would be unusual. You don't have faith. She may be a tired old ship, but she'll get us there. Years ago, when I first saw that do or die on her stern, I had to laugh. Well, if you felt that way, why didn't you sign on with some other ship in Falmouth? You had a half a year to make up your mind. Oh, no, 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 don't be so defensive, Marlowe. She's only a ship. Have you forgotten the days and nights of keeping her afloat? Maybe I am a bit touchy, but... Well, I'll tell you quite honestly, I'd just as soon make fun of my old village church at home for not being a cathedral. Uh, Mr. Marlowe, since it's Saturday night, the men would like an extra bucket or so to wash their clothes. Could you manage? Uh, what is it? Three bells, sir. Well, it's so late, I'd rather not screw on the fresh water pump. Um... I'll fetch you some water out of the spare tank in the four-peak scuttle. Oh, thank you, sir. I'll fetch your bucket. Uh, uh, make it two. Any man who wishes to clean his clothes should have enough water to do it. Now, every time I see Abraham so normal and chipper, I thank heaven. It, um, it was his sister, wasn't it, who took hold? Yeah, I believe it was. I remember her coming to fetch him at Falmouth. Were you aboard, Marlowe, when he came back and asked for his old post? Uh, no, the uh, captain told me. Said he hadn't a moment's hesitation now that he was well. After all, it was the Judea serving on her that drove the man round the bend. The day Abraham came aboard and saw the brand new deck house, all new galley fixtures, pots, everything a cook could wish for, he was in seventh heaven. When I unlocked the four-peak scuttle to draw the fresh water... I was taken aback by the smell down below, like like a hundred paraffin lamps that had been smoking in that hole for days. Would you would you fill this second bucket, sir? Uh, yeah, here you are, Abraham. Let me let me shut this <coughs> scuttle. Oh, Ooh, glad to get out of there. Funny smell, sir. Yeah. Good for the health, they say. What do you suppose it is, Mr. Marlowe? I, uh, I don't know. Uh, smells like you've been cooking the midday meal and overfired the range. Oh, I never do that. Uh, Mr. Marlowe, thank you for the buckets. The men will be mighty grateful. Captain, I've just put my head down the square of the midship ventilator. And when I pulled up the lid, sir, it was like a fog. A kind of haze rose up from below, and... Go on, go on, Marlo. Well, I, I put the lid back. Gently, there's no use choking myself. Well, what is it? Well, the cargo's on fire, Captain. Oh, that is the limit. And that cold is supposed to be the safe kind. But I don't wonder. Sir? It's been too broken up with handling... Did you see it when they were loading it into the hole? Manhandled, mishandled, 
that's more like crushed smithy coal than anything else. And, of course, sir, it's been wetted so many times, all during the loading and felmouth that rained and, and the heat of the long uh, passage. Spontaneous to... combustion. Well, now, let's take, let's take a look at the charts. Uh, well, now, if we just keep her headed for Bangkok and fight the fire... Yes, sir. I mean to get the Judea to Bangkok, even if we all get roasted alive. Oh, I think we can smother it, sir. Right. We'll first try to stifle the combustion for want of air. Marlowe, batten down everything in sight. We tried, but the combustion refused to be stifled. Day and night, the smoke kept oozing out. Everywhere, into the cabin, the forecastle. It could be sniffed as high as the mainyard. So then, we tried water. We took off the hatches, and it was hell. Smoke. White, green, yellow. Thick, greasy, and choking, bellied out as high as the trucks. We rigged up the force pump. We kept that up for four days. All the time, heading for Bangkok. Making any headway, Marlowe? The water pours into the hold like a bottomless barrel, and still the smoke keeps coming out of her. Captain, Marlowe, I have an idea. Let's have it made. Shouldn't an attempt be made to dig down to the fire? This water turns to steam before it even gets down there. Dig down? That's a bit dangerous. Well, you see, that way we could expose the burning coals and give them a good dousing. What do you say, Marlowe? Well, we've tried everything else. Uh, I don't know. It's terribly hot down there. I know I could start clearing a channel. And if it gets too hot, I'll come up for a little air, then back down again. Well, I suppose it's worth a try. Captain, I'd like to be the first, sir. All right. Commission Grasson, I'll be on the bridge. Let me know what success you have. I'm, I'm keeping an eye open for another ship, but so far... One would think the Judea was alone in the Indian Ocean. Want to try down the main hatch, man? Right. Well, I'll remain on deck right here, uh, just in case. All right. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Hand me that shovel, will you? Yep. Uh, mind the iron ladder. The, yeah. the lower you go, the hotter it is. Uh, man, can you see there's so much smoke? Yes, I can see. Then to jump down now. He's about ten feet. Starting to dig now. Mayan? Uh, Mayan? Uh, there's a great deal of smoke coming up here. Mayan, can, can you hear me? Uh, who's down there, Mr. Marlowe? Uh, Mayan, I can't see a thing with this smoke. It... <coughs> Mayan, uh, Mayan, are you all right? Sure. <laughs> I think I can see something down there. Yeah, I think you'd see him lying across. Can you see, sir? Uh, call over the men. Uh, uh, we'll form a human chain and get him out. We did get Mayan out. He'd fainted, asphyxiated from the smoke. And so did the man at the bottom of the human chain. He also passed out. And then our pump broke down. I'm not surprised. I believe that pump is older than I am, and that's over half a century. Abraham, did you try mending the hose? Oh, I did, Captain. 
But it's beyond repair. It's, it's old and rotten. Let's put the longboat out into the water. I've ordered the second boat ready to swing out. Bad. Very bad. Is the 14-footer on the aft davits ready? It's quite safe there. If the fire really broke out on deck, we could still save the entire crew. This is the first time I have felt it pretty close to hopeless. Then, suddenly, the smoke let up. Faster and faster, bucket after bucket, we flooded the bottom of her hull. And in two days... No smoke at all. There was a smile from the here to here on everybody's face. Dinner! Dinner! Come and get it! Special dinner! Uh, men! Men! No, this is the first time in two weeks I've seen the faces of the men we signed on, and believe me, it's a pleasure. I always knew behind all that smoke and sort and dirt was some fairly handsome Liverpool sailor. Uh, To Abraham. I propose a toast to a good meal and to Abraham who cooked it. Here, here. Thank you, thank you. It's a real pleasure to take care and feed all you fire eaters. I mean, firefighters. (laughs) I second that. Uh, may the fire, in the future, confine itself to Abraham's galley. Uh, man, I was going to say, in all my experience at sea, it's a miracle the way you chaps put out that fire. I guess we can teach combustion, not spontaneous himself around here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, All right, more bread, more tea. More bread and tea, Abraham, and, uh... Bring in that box I gave you. Oh, yes, sir, Captain, yes, sir. The only thing that's going to remain with us quite a while is the smell of burning. Well, we can stand that, Captain, as long as we're spared the heat. That was a pretty sight this morning, that homeward bound ship. Oh, wasn't it, though? The first in ten weeks. Where would you say that puts us, sir? I'd say Java Head is due north about 190 miles. Yeah, sir. Oh, good, 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 Abraham. Uh, put the box down right there on the mess table. Men, I have had these preserves and tins locked up in my stateroom, and I'm now handing each and every one over to you. A strawberry, lemon, another oh, strawberry jam. Oh, Here's a can of stewed chicken, honey de foie gras, what? asparagus, cooked sardines. Now, look, you can all be proud. From the oldest, and I fear that is myself, tomorrow here, the youngest. <laughs> it's a good feeling, isn't it, Marlo? Uh, to me, helping put out that fire is as if I'd won some great naval battle. <laughs> good Lord! The ship has exploded! the ship had exploded. Sailors were blown sky high into the air, Marlow falling into the afterhatch, which was glowing red with live coals. The deck was a wilderness of smashed timber like trees and wood after a hurricane. Could the Judea, the do-or-die Judea, still sail, or would it sink? I'll be back in a few moments with Act Three. 
General Mills Radio Adventure Theater will return shortly. And Frankenberry. A ship at sea is one with the captain and crew. Together they can weather the hottest of tropics, the coldest of oceans, the north to south pole. They can sail through snowstorms, overcome the treachery of icebergs, waves 50 feet high, winds of hurricane force. But more dangerous, more crippling than any gale, than even a fire on board, is an explosion. With the insides of the ship torn apart, how long can it live? The first person I saw after the explosion was Mayan. His eyes like saucers, his mouth hanging open, his long white hair standing straight on end round his head like a silver halo. Is that you, Mola? I think so. You don't look like you, boy. Your face is black. You've got a cheek laid open. Nose cut. Chin bleeding. Uh, you're not going to win any beauty prize either. And you're as bald as a billiard ball, my friend. No hair, no eyebrows, no mustache. Mayan, I'm alive, and the ship's afloat. That's something. We were blown right out of the mess. But she's afloat. The ship's afloat. Look at the poop deck. It hasn't been touched. Where are the others? You suppose they're all dead? Uh, Mr. Mann? Huh? Uh, Mr. Mann? Oh, oh, over here, Captain. Is that you, Mann? Uh, I'm afraid it is, sir. What's left of me. Have you seen any of the others? I don't know. Uh, who is this? Abraham? Uh, no, I'm Marlowe, sir. Good Lord, you're bald as Abraham. I think we'd better trim the yards. Mr. Mayan, make sure to have that foyer squared. I don't know if there's anyone left alive, Captain. Surely there'll be enough hands left to square the foyer. Sixty years I wait for my first command. And she explodes under me. Go on forward, you two. I'm going to take the wheel. Believe it or not, that was the first thing we did. Trim the yards of that wreck. No one was killed, but we were all hurt. You should have seen us. Black faces bleeding. But we worked. That Liverpool crew had in them the right stuff. The masts stood. Have you seen Abraham? We haven't counted noses, but he could be any of a dozen on board with black faces and singed heads. Hey, and, uh, I'm worried about the masts. Ah, so am I. Who knows how charred they are below. And the fire's not out yet. It's hopeless. Whatever isn't gone is wrecked. And I think we ought to have a talk with the skipper. He doesn't realize that the men aren't in much better shape than the ship. Who's that? Where's that coming from? Look down there. There's a man swimming. Who are you? Abraham, sir. Find me a rope. Abraham? Uh, here. Uh, catch. 
He's got it. All right, tie the boucher, man. We'll hold you up. One, two, three. One, two, three. One, two, three. Take you, take you, Tusha. How long have you been down there? Did you get blown into the water? I'm afraid I did, sir. Sorry about that. I've been swimming alongside for for about an hour or more. You know, that may be the fastest way to get to Bangkok. (laughs) Maybe we should all jump in. What are you three doing, Javern, here when there's a steamer far astern? Hoist the distress flag. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In half an hour, the steamer was abreast to windward. Engine stopped. Our skipper arranged for the steamer to tow us to Batavia, where he was headed. Once there, we'd extinguish the fire by scuttling it and then proceed to Bangkok. But by 10 o'clock that night, for the first time since we'd been fighting it, we saw fire. All hands on deck, man. Man, cut the tow rope to the steamer. Aye, aye, sir. Men, I'm afraid all your great efforts have been in vain. The game's up. The fire is fighting and winning faster than we can get towed to port. I've had the tow rope cut because I'm afraid it'll burst out suddenly fore and aft before we can clear out. Now watch your feet. Lots of live embers on deck. Everyone back to the poop. Well, they've discovered the rope is gone. Men, gather up what you wish to take with you as soon as you can. Marlowe, it's our duty to save as much as we can for the underwriters. Let's go aft. We put everything straight. Set the longboat's mast for the skipper. Oh, I was glad to sit down for a moment. My face was raw, every limb ached. I was sure my ribs were crushed. We made the boats fast astern, and all around us, there was a circle of sea, lighted by the fire. I and my two boat keepers kept our boats off the ship as best we could with oars and boat hooks, but every now and then they'd come dangerously close to the burning ship. But what was keeping Mayen and the captain? The entire crew by now was in boats, waiting. Half an hour went by. I climbed up a rope, clambering over the stern. Hello, old Marla. Have a piece of cheese, sir. What in heaven's name are you doing? The ship's going down any minute, and you're sitting here eating bread and cheese. Have a bottle of stout, old fella. You're all mad. You lost me on board, sir. We've had nothing to eat all day. There was no use leaving all this good bread and cheese. Where's the captain? Over there. Fast asleep. Man, for Lord's sake, if you want to die on deck eating cheese, that's your lookout. But I've got men in the boats, and they want to get clear of this. I don't know whether or not you're aware, young fellow, that that old skipper has had no sleep to speak of for days. And there'll be little sleep in the boat. There'll be no boats either if you fool about much longer. Skipper? Captain? It's uh, time to leave her, sir. I... I suppose so. A sorry day it is. A sorry day. Do or die, Marlowe. Huh? 
Goodbye, old Judea. Knocking about in an open boat, I shall never forget it if I live to be a hundred. Days and nights of calm when we pulled and pulled and the boat seemed to stand still. And the heat. And then, a deluge of rain which kept us bailing out for dear life but filled our water casks. I remember 16 hours on end with a mouth as dry as a cinder and a steering oar over the stern to keep my first command head on to a breaking sea. I didn't know how good a man I was till then. Ahoy there, longboat! Judea! Ahoy! I am the harbor master of Madras. Throw me a rope, I shall tie you up, Sahib. I'm afraid I haven't the strength. Look, uh, my men have fallen asleep on their oars. Who are you, sir? A castaway crew of an English bark burned at sea. Madras, did you say? Yes, Sahib. Uh, how far are we from Bangkok? Only across the Bay of Bengali. Oh, Almost made it. Almost. You are the only survivor, Sahib. I am the uh, second mate. There's a longboat with the captain and first mate behind him. Longboat? Oh, I think your captain's approaching Madras now. If you turn your head. Oh, captain. Is that you, Marlowe? Mind the end of the jetty, sir. I had a terrible time of it. Mayen is behind. Not very far. Here we are in our two boats, Captain, with our men dead asleep to the world. Where... Where are we, Marlowe? Madras, Captain. Madras. Only a stone's throw from Bangkok. What a pity. Oh, what a pity. Get to the Captain, Harbor Master. Then... I expect we shall have to carry them all ashore. Youth and the sea. It was the best time that first voyage for me as a second mate. I was young and had nothing. The sea gives you nothing except hard knocks and a chance to feel your strength. And, like my old skipper on the Judea, the sea gave me youth. Forever. A great story, isn't it? Perhaps not the only answer as to why men love the sea, but one answer. Not just a sense of duty, adventure, trial, but something shared only with certain men, something secret and clean. A boy or man who goes to sea soon becomes wiser and stays younger much longer. I'll be back shortly with a few words from Joseph Conrad, who wrote today's Tale of the Sea, Youth. Do you remember the answer a great mountain climber gave when he was asked, why do you climb that mountain? His answer, because it's there. When asked why he wrote about the oceans and sailors, Joseph Conrad said, to make you see. Great answers don't have to be long answers. If you want to make a fearless voyage or two with courageous men of nerve and daring, 
If you want to be on board when they defy all dangers and wish to share with them true adventure, read Joseph Conrad. That's an order. See you on deck. This is Our cast included Russell Horton, Arnold Moss, Robert Dryden, and Bill Griffiths. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Tom Bosley inviting you to return to the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater for another exciting tale you can hear through the magic of radio. What's it like to win a million dollars, one Empire State?